This is Shannon Ray Davis, and you are listening to Omega Man Radio. Welcome to my world, the world of the Omega Man. Join us here for the nightly marathon, broadcasting Monday through Friday. You can find us here on YouTube, and we encourage you to report for duty. Get trained up. World of the Saints is coming. You want to be an overcomer and endure till the end. We will teach you how. We cast out devils. We command healing to the sick in Jesus' name. And we preach the full gospel of Jesus Christ to win souls for Jesus. I want to encourage you right now to subscribe right here on YouTube to this channel. Smash the like button and share a link to our live chat room to everyone you know right there on Facebook. Get them to come on out and tune in and join in the fight against the host of hell. If you'd like to support this work financially, we have a PayPal button on our website. We have GoFundMe, Zelly, even Take Bitcoin. And we thank you in advance for partnering with us. Our website is OmegaManRadio.com. One more thing before we start tonight's show. To the demons tuning in. We're coming for you, demon. No demon is safe. seen you in the last yep. couple of weeks and um, we are excited to be back on full marathon mode we're back on a night schedule monday through friday 7 p.m eastern until we finish and tonight we're excited to bring back pastor and evangelist tommy hollahan brother tommy what part of america do you live in i live in south florida of course i'm a transplant you can tell by my accent from new york but i've been here uh Brother Shannon, 25 years, almost, uh, yeah, brother, about one-third of my life, just about. Brother, aren't you happy that God didn't plant you up in, like, Minneapolis or South Bend, Indiana, in Blizzard? Yeah, listen, brother, when they're shoveling snow, we're shoveling sand. Man. (laughs) So, you know... We love it here, brother. I listen. I, I I I did forty years in New York. It was like a prison sentence. So, you know, uh, the Lord delivered me out of there. You know, twenty five years ago, and we live here now in Florida. And you know, you one of the great things about Florida is you you, you never wake up and say, "I wonder what kind of day it is." It's almost always a beautiful day. Eighty seven percent of our weather down here in South Florida is sunshine. So. That affects your attitude. It's it's good for you. Uh, we, I, for me, I love it down here. But you know, I'm getting on in the age. Uh, I'll be seventy next year, so I'm young this well, year. So I'm like, okay, it's good for me. But uh, I love it. I, I love it down here. I do. You know, I don't know if anybody's ever considered this, but I don't think we had snow in the Garden of Eden. I mean, they were walking around butt naked over there. They would have froze their butts off. It, you see, there we go, brother. It just shows you how biblical I am. I'm right in the spirit. I mean, if there's any place that exemplifies Eden, it's right here in South Florida, brother. <laughs> Amen. 
And to all those up north, look, I've done my share of uh, cold, even in Alaska, <laughs> for a stint. Come south. We're telling you, come south. Stop the insanity. Well, yeah. praise hey, even, you know, Alaskans, hey, what they do is they're smart. They don't stay around for the snow. Most of them go to Hawaii during the coldest months, then come back. So just saying. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If you can afford it, it's, I mean, that's how we, you know, the snowbirds down here, that's what we call them, you know, they're, you know, they stay up there in the in the summer, uh, you know, and then come down here in the winter, and that's and literally our population doubles. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, that is that's yeah. an interesting. Yeah. Note. Well, folks, we're excited to be here tonight. We're ready to roll. All systems go, brother Tommy. Before you bring the word, open us up in prayer. The mic is yours. Mm-hmm. Well, before I do that, I just want to thank you, brother Shanna. I love you so much. I Likewise. really do, brother. I have such good fellowship with you and i i love you now we love everybody out there in radio land you know we say this but uh it's really true um god does love you he really does and a lot of the times the love of god that he shows for you is through others he he demonstrates his love through the brothers and sisters now heavenly father we come to you without any sense of trepidation we come into your presence uh, with absolute boldness because of the blood, your blood, Lord Jesus. It's your blood that beckons us to come boldly. We pray that you would shower this audience with the Holy Spirit. May they sense your felt presence in their hearts and in their minds as, as I share with them what you've given me. We've come against every work of darkness. We come against every evil spirit that would try to afflict them. And we declare this radio show a devil-free zone, free of worry right now in the name of Jesus, free of addiction, free in the name of condemnation. We pray for the power of your spirit, Lord, to come heavily now upon each and every one of our listeners that their faith might not rest in the wisdom of man, but as St. Paul said, in the power of God. Now we give you credit. We give you all the glory, all the praise in advance for this most important time. We ask that those that perhaps are listening right now that don't know you would come to know you for themselves, for themselves to truly on this show today be born again to meet you to be transformed, to encounter you, and say, now I understand what they're talking about. I have met Jesus for myself. I pray for the Christians that are listening whose hearts may be discouraged, and uh, Lord, maybe they've gone through something where they've lost their fire, their press, uh, what have you. We pray today that each and every person's heart will be thus affected by the fire of your Spirit, that they'll be returning to their first love and that the listener will encounter you in a way that'll be truly punctuated by the Holy Spirit as the Word of God comes alive. Bless Brother Shannon's ministry now in all of this. In Jesus Christ's name, amen and amen. Amen. Thank you, my friend. Amen. All right. I'm going to share uh, something. I I believe I'm going to stay with this as long as Brother Shannon has me on for a while. I just got back from North Florida to at a secret location. A friend of mine, he invited me up there, just built a beautiful home. And, um, yeah, and he gave me an upstairs room. And 
I, I drove up there and spent uh, roughly two weeks. Uh, so, you know, uh, I only took a break to come back to see my wife and my grandson and then went right back up. And that was a time um, of meeting with Jesus, you see. And uh, the, the, uh, I got alone with the Lord. And in and, and Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, it says, When you pray, Jesus said, when you pray, go into your closet and shut the door and uh, pray to your Father in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you openly, you see. And in the same breath, in that same teaching, he also taught us about fasting. He said, when you fast, you see. He said, uh, you know, don't do it to, uh, so that men can see you. He said, you do it to the Lord in private, and he'll he'll give you a a public reward, you see. So what am I talking about? I took two weeks to go and be with Jesus and uh, dear St. Thierry, when I tell you this, I got nothing I prayed for, but everything that I needed. You know, it was interesting the first several days I'm in, in this room by myself, and uh, I was left alone. Uh, and, and then, of course, I had an adjoining closet that I go into and cl- close the door with a pillow and a blanket, and very small. And, but I could meet with the Lord in there for privacy and really pour my heart out. But, you know, the first few days, it just was nothing. I just felt like, why? what am I doing, you know? And uh, <clears throat> because, you see, I was presenting my agenda to the Lord, and uh, the, Lord wasn't, uh, the Lord wasn't talking to me. So after a couple of days, I said, well, now, Lord, you know, uh, here I am up here and taking time away from everything, and, 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 and you're not talking to me, you know. And it was almost as though the Holy Spirit, began to say to me, when you're ready for me to tell you what you need and what I have for you uh, and what what I'm desiring to show you uh, for this season of your life, then we can talk there, Mr. Hollihan. But until then, uh, you, you know, the, the your agenda has got to be put aside. So it, it took a while. I got that straight. And it wasn't that my agenda was wrong. Uh, there are things that I'm crying out to God for, uh, etc. You see, and I'm going to relate this to you, dear people, and um, and yet with holy reverence, I come before the God of heaven and earth, the King of Kings, our heavenly Father. Isn't that marvelous? The one that is owns the universe, my friend, is our Father, and. You know, I, he said, well, I know what you need, and I know what revelation you need. And I, at this season in your life, I'm going to begin to do some things, hallelujah, and speak to you on some things that you need to have inside of you with greater clarity so that you can bring it to my people for this season that's coming. We are entering a very, very important season uh, all over the world, and particularly and especially here in America. Lord, help me to stay on task here. And so what Holy Spirit did in visiting me, the Lord Jesus Christ, is he brought forth several distinctive revelations out of his word to me. Now, let me explain to you what a revelation is. A revelation is something you always knew, but you never realized. It's when he takes truth that you may be familiar with, but makes it 
real to you where it's like, oh, my Lord, it becomes the most incredible. It's more real than things you can touch, you see. So God began to speak to me personally, and I don't know if I'm going to get to that today about what what he, and by the way, I love this hour. I love this eight o'clock. This is beautiful. This is a beautiful thing. So God began to speak to me, and I'm going to relate this to you, dear saints, and I want you to please hear me out when I say this to you, and may God give you the grace to hear what I'm going to tell you, because it's extremely fundamental to your victory and into into your walk with Jesus and to you, shall I say, making it home to heaven with joy. Okay, and getting through your personal life and the things you have to deal with every single day of your life, the grind of life, the difficulties of life, the fact that we live in a fallen world and it's full of disappointment, full of difficulties at times. And, and, and how do I get through this, oh God, with, with the, the, the joy that you promised and, and, and the peace uh, that you promised it, and, 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 and how do I get through uh, life with, with a buoyancy and an effervescence, if you will? Uh, what is it, God? I, I need to know how to do up. Let me uh, help you, and if I can, and, 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 and without the Holy Spirit, I'm a deflated balloon. <laughs> you know, I need uh, the Lord desperately, you see, in every area of my life, and I trust him for tonight to touch you. As I began to meet with the Lord alone and seek him, the Lord began to illuminate things to my mind. And one of them was this, that when my children were young, I used to take them to Disney World. We would drive down with my wife, God rest her soul, and my children. Uh, uh, we would drive down uh, to, from New York to Florida. And I would always uh, uh, look at, and I'd get a... Uh, a scope on everything that Disney World offered before we got there. Everybody wanted to go to Magic Kingdom, you know, and of course that's the central thing, you see, of, of Disney was Magic Kingdom, you know. But what I discovered was there were many other aspects of Disney World other than Magic Kingdom. Well, there was the Frontier uh, City, I think it was called, or Frontiers, whatever. So you, you, know, you could go there, and uh, that was a whole different aspect of Disney World, you you know, they, they could ride trains, and it, it, it was more of a uh, old western type of place, and man, it was great. You know, then they had there was a water park there, and and you could go there, and you could take a zip line out into the water, and and and, and there were different different themes. There you go, different themes to Disney World, so that one begins to understand that all of Disney World was not Magic Kingdom. There were other great aspects of Disney World. There were the resorts that you could stay in, the different theme resorts. And, and um, I would always take a, I want to use this word now, a panoramic view of Disney World so that when we got there, when we got there, we didn't camp exclusively, if you will, 
at one place only by camp. I don't mean, I just mean stay. We just didn't visit, you know, the magic kingdom. We would go to the water park and we would go take boat rides. They had these little racing boats that you take out. Two people could go and we'd have a blast, you know, or we'd go to these other areas. And it just, it just made everything, you know, they'd be like, dad, where are we going to go today? Or, or we would go to Epcot. You see, Epcot was right there, right next to there. And we'd visit Epcot. And, and because of my familiarity with all of the themes down there in Disney world, uh, we would have a blast. We would have such a wonderful time as we got to explore the various themes of Disney World or Disneyland, as it's called. Now, I want to, you to understand that the Holy Spirit gave me, brought that to my mind, and he said, I'm going to give you a panoramic view. He said, you had a panoramic view of Disney World, and therefore you enjoyed so much more than the person who would just go there and just zero in on one aspect of Disney. I want to liken this to how the Holy Spirit gave it to me. He said to me, if, 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 if all you do is zero in on one aspect of the things of God, one aspect which is what many Christians do. They zero in on one aspect of God, and they do not have a panoramic view of their Christianity, of that which the cross affords us. Uh, they don't understand so much about Christianity because they've either, A, been taught one or two things, and the rest has just been laid aside. And therefore, they're not experiencing the great victory that could be theirs every day through, through the power of Jesus Christ uh, and relationship in a first love relationship with him. Now, let me say this to you. I, it doesn't matter to me how close you are to Jesus. You're never going to come into a, quote, revelation or come into so much of God that you're not going to have problems. We live in a fallen world, my friend, and we're go, we're brushing up every day against people who are either a sinful or uh, people that just don't want to serve the Lord or Christians that are in their name only or what have you. And we're always going to have a, uh, uh, difficulties, if you will. So we're not, we're not going to find on this earth, we're not home yet, friend. Remember that your home is in heaven. Amen. Uh, uh, we're not there yet, you see. We're still here. So no matter what, but I'm saying this to you, that if one can get a panoramic view of everything that the New Testament tells us is ours, and how to access this and enjoy it now, and to come into it now, you will find yourself in such a more happy state a more victorious thing. You will embrace a happiness that comes from knowing within you by the Holy Spirit the fullness of the panoramic view of what God has for you and for every Christian. Now, I'm not talking about just knowing you, the personal will of God for your life. I'm talking about a panacea of what God wants you to see now. Every Christian needs to see this. Now, how do I know this? Because in Ephesians 1, 
Paul lays out a tremendous revelation in chapter one, the first half of the first one third of chapter one. He lays this out. He says, I, I, I want you to know that you are blessed with every spiritual blessing. It's already yours. It was predestined in Christ. Christ secured it. Um, God has destined you. Uh, and he has co- is causing you to live a life by his amazing grace and by his mercy. He's calling you to a place where you're going to overflow with such a dynamic life that it's going to bring the angels in time to come. They will they will praise the glory of God's grace. And he talks about this. He gets them excited. The problem is we read these fantastic things in the Bible. We, we, hear the, we hear the testimonies of select people who testify of this incredible life that they're living, and, and yet it, it, many times it's just not our experience. Don't lose heart, my good friend. Hear me what I'm going to tell you. Because Paul lays out in the first one-third of Ephesians 1 what is ours. And then he says, here's the situation. You need to pray. Say what? Yep. He said, he said you, you need your eyes opened. And he says, now look, he said, I heard about you, Ephesians. He said, I, I know about you. He said, I, well, he had led them, obviously, to the Lord, but he's gotten a good report about them now. And he said, you know, he had spent, what was it there, uh, some two and a half, three years. He was at the Ephesian church teaching in the College of Tyrrhenius when he, I don't want to get into all that, we'll touch that another time, but now he's writing them and saying, you know, now that I hear you're, you're, you're doing well, you're stable, I've begun to pray something for you. And I'm praying, he said for you, that, watch this, saints, hear me now, the eyes of your understanding would be illuminated. He said, I'm, he didn't tell them to go to college. He didn't, he didn't say they need a better education. He said, here's what I'm praying for you. I am praying that the eyes of your understanding, your spiritual eyes, not the ones you see in the mirror, but I'm praying that your spiritual eyes would be opened. He said, I'm praying that the spirit, watch this, that the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. This is what I'm praying for you. I'm praying that you would have a supernatural if you will, movement of the Holy Ghost where the spirit of wisdom, watch this, and revelation in the knowledge that is the full knowledge of Jesus. Uh, He said, this is what I'm praying for you. He said, and the way this is going to happen is that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. They will be touched and they will be opened Watch this, and then he tells them why. That you, oh, get ready, saints. Is anybody else feeling this with me? He said that you may know. Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. He said it, this touch of the anointing of the Holy Spirit, this illumination of your inner eyes, is that you may know what is the hope of his calling. What is the hope of his calling and of his inheritance in you. And, and then he goes on, he said even more, he said that you might know what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power when he raised him from the dead 
and brought him up on high, far above all principalities and powers, raised him up and has put all things under his feet and given him to be the head of all things to the body, which is the church, the fullness of him that fills all in all. I'm quoting now from memory, so I may have got a few of those things wrong, but here's what I'm simply saying, what Paul said, and it's what I want you to get. Please hear me, because I'm just trying to give you what God gave me by supernatural revelation. I went up to the mountain like Moses. I received a revelation the last two weeks, and now I'm coming down, not with tablets of stone and Ten Commandments, but I'm coming down with revelation fresh from heaven to depart and impart to you that you may see this grand panoramic view of everything that belongs to you now and what's coming in the future. Hallelujah. Now, you get that with me? See, if I was preaching right now to you in the church, say everybody shout amen or give me a vital sign of life, wave your hand or something. So, what, I'm, what I'd like to say to you is this. <clears throat> he said the first thing, and I'm praying right now for this audience, Lord, that the eyes of their understanding would be enlightened, that, 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 they're, uh, that they would receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you, Jesus, in the knowledge of you, not about you, but to know you the person, that we might know him in the power of his resurrection, Lord, and the fellowship of your sufferings, Philippians 3. Lord, we, are, we want our hearts and our eyes open to know you like never before by revelation that we might know what is the hope of our calling. Now, I want you to understand that you need hope. You need hope. There's a hope that is in his calling. Why is hope important? Oh, friend, faith is now, but hope is for what's coming. You see, hope is a promise. It's, I, I'm, it's, it's more than I hope this happens. No, it's a certain hope. It's definitely going to happen. Um, but it's just that we're not exactly sometimes sure when, but it's a hope that's a guarantee. And so God wants to make known to you right now he wants you to understand that as you seek him in this hour and as you cry out to the Lord Jesus Christ with the faith he's given you, that you want to know, Lord, I want to know what is the, I need my eyes, I'm, I'm too aware of what's going on around me. So you can know all about what's happening right now with the Iowa caucus and what just happened with Trump and what DeSantis is running for and what is Nikki Haley. There are more Christians today that know more about politics than they do about the Word of God, and that is idolatry, my friend. I want you to hear me now and hear me well. There's a new brand of, quote, Christians out there, and I say, quote, Christians, who are their religious religion is politics. It's, it's really a very pathetic thing. And for some of them, their God has become Donald Trump. And my Lord Jesus Christ, anybody that disagrees with them, they've got some good four-letter words they'll lay on you real quick. I've been encountering some real bad people out there that are to the alt-right, as bad as the ones to the alt-left. Let me tell you, it's scary because they don't have Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and in a true relationship. You hear me when I tell you this? The only person that's going to save America is the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, God will use Donald Trump or whoever he wants to to hold that door open for a great awakening. But the only hope we have 
is in an awakening of millions and millions of people in this nation to get saved and the church to get on fire and and for the American the millions of Americans if you will to turn around toward God then they'll begin to vote and they'll want to see people in office that represent their moral point of view. And I don't want to go down that road right now, but you hear me right now, friend. If you have a problem with what I just said, you need to check your heart, ask yourself, where is my hope lie? So just listen to me. Your hope lies in understanding the calling of God, the hope of your calling when he saved you. When, number one, there's two parts to the hope of his calling. Paul said, I want you to know what is the hope of his calling. The first part of that is you personally. There is a hope that, of a calling that God gave you. That is, you have a purpose for why you're alive. I'm going to say this again. You have a purpose. It's called the hope of your calling. You have to know why. God wants to reveal to you why he saved you. It, not, not just that you're saved, but that you would know his purpose for you being saved. Uh, you see, the Bible says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it's God that is at work within you, both to willing to do of his own good pleasure. It is up to you and I to cooperate with the Lord, lay down our lives and say, I want to know why I've been saved. What, what is it, my God, that you are calling me to do now and that, so that I can do it with your grace and I can fulfill the purpose for, that you have for me on this earth right now? See, the Bible says you are his craftsmanship. His workmanship, watch this, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, that is your purpose, which he hath ordained before the foundation of the world. Now, what I'm simply saying to you is this, there is an incredible hope that comes alive in you when your purpose for being saved is revealed and made real to you by the Holy Ghost. It's, if all you think is, all right, I'm saved, I'm just going to work, and I'm paying the bills and getting along with my wife and raising a bunch of kids, listen, that, that may be your part of your purpose, indeed, but even that, God doesn't want that to become regimentated. He wants you filled with enthusiasm as you realize, if you're a father, you've been called with the purpose, and when that purpose comes upon you, understand you are an important man if you're the head of your home, if you're the husband of a wife, or you're the wife that has a husband and children. What a fantastic purpose to love one another dearly in front of those children and from your hearts and to raise them. Oh, Lord, for the kingdom of God, I'm getting ahead of myself, but let me say this to you. I want you to understand that if you will cry out to the Lord and you will ask him and say, God, reveal the hope of my call. I want to know, Lord, we want to flow in everything that you saved us for right now. We want to know. Let me tell you why this is important. If you do not have purpose... You're, and you don't sense purpose in your life, you're not going to be a happy person. Charles Spurgeon, the greatest preacher I feel that's ever lived, he said the first duty of every preacher and every Christian is to be happy. That's right, happy. And happy Christians doesn't mean you can, you can pray a lot, you can know your Bible, that doesn't make you happy necessarily. Happy people are people, truly happy people, that have discussed 
discovered, they have discovered the hope of why God called them. They've discovered their purpose. And let me explain to you why this is important. If you have no purpose for living, if you don't see the purpose of your life, um, then your, 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 your joy and your walk with God will fluctuate. You see, you go down to the beach and you pick up a, uh, pick up a pail of sand, you see, turn around to somebody and say, would you give me $10 for this? Then they're going to laugh at you. So, I, I, I'm not going to give you any money for that. It's just a bunch of sand, you see. But if you take that sand and you fill up a burlap bag with it, you can sell it on the side of the road. You can sell that sand and people will use that for mortar. They'll use it for various reasons. Some people will use that around their house, outside, or they'll use it to mix in with cement. You've just assigned purpose to the same sand that was on the beach. You've now put in a burlap bag, and you've given it purpose, so now its value just went up. Now, wait a minute, not done. You can take that same sand, take the granules and sand out of of that bag, And if you put them under intense pressure, you can develop crystals out of them that are fitted into a watch and make that watch actually tick. Now you can sell that watch for three, four, five hundred, six hundred dollars. What have you done? You've taken something common that uh, that looked worthless, but it wasn't. You gave it purpose. You sold it for twenty, ten, twenty dollars in a bag for mortar. But now. You've assigned it greater purpose because now it causes a watch to to run. Wait a minute now. Take that same sand and put it under incredible, incredible, incredible pressure. Now it's worth several thousand dollars. You put it on your ring. It's called a diamond. You've assigned it purpose. The more you sense your purpose in life, and even if that purpose may be something that the world calls mundane, it's not mundane. If you are in serving God in that purpose, you may be a member of a church. You may say, uh, Brother Tommy, I'm not doing anything great. Hold on a second. Greatness is not doing great things. Greatness is discovering the purpose of God for your life and completing it. Greatness is not having three Mercedes and a house on the beach. That is not greatness. That, it, it, the, the world does that. That is not good. Greatness is not owning a Learjet and flying around the world and having 500 pairs of shoes and 3,000 different out, uh, you know, outfits. That, that's not greatness. That, 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 all of that, you can have all of that and never, ever, ever, ever have fulfilled your purpose of why God made you. And I want you to understand that what I'm telling you is not just a good idea. Paul prayed. He said, you all need a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him by having the eyes of your understanding enlightened that you may know something. What? The hope of his calling. Not your calling. His calling. The reason he called you to himself. The reason he saved you. The reason he went to Calvary for you. Yes, it was to forgive you of your sins. Yes, it was to fill you up with the Holy Ghost. Yes, it was to save you from hell. But you're still on this earth 
And until you depart from this earth, you have a purpose, and your prayer needs to be, don't let me die until I know the purpose for why you saved me, and I'm walking in it by your power and by your grace. Hallelujah. When you allow the Holy Spirit to define his reason for saving you, his purpose for saving you, hope comes alive in your life. Now, that's the first hope I want to talk to you about, okay? That's the first. Now, let, let me let me digress and say something to you. For a number of years, you know, I pastored for many years in New York. Then I moved down here to Florida in 97. And um, before that, though, in 97, I moved to Florida. I took a five-year sabbatical to recharge my batteries. It was beautiful. It was a time where I just spent with the Lord, and it was a wonderful thing. And that's another story. And then the Lord began this. Uh, he said, I have a new purpose for you. The first part of your life as a young man in the 70s, 80s, and mid-90s, you were pastoring. And in the late 90s, pastoring. Then the Lord said, I'm going to pull you aside here, and I'm going to do some things in you for four to five years. And that was another season. That was my purpose at that season, although I didn't see it that way at the time. Because I was like, look, you know, sometimes the way you get into God's purpose is not the way you thought it. Once you're in it, you're like, oh, thank you, Lord. This is right where I'm supposed to be. Well, then once that season was over, that four or five years, uh, God began to move me into something different. And I discovered the purpose of God in the, uh, was to get me prepared to travel to do uh, great revivals around the nation, great outpourings at churches he would send me to. But, but he had me working on a book at that time, and I was... Uh, you know, what have you, and I, it, it, it's a long story, but I wrote a book, and I, I was uh, you know, doing other things to, 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 to make a living, you see. So what happened was um, that season began to end because a great revival broke out in North Florida. That was supposed to be there one night. The Holy Spirit hit the city that I was in, and a great awakening occurred. I was there almost five months, five or six nights a week, front page of both newspapers held the story of the great revival hundreds of people saved we filled up 50 get five 55 gallon drums uh uh filled with pornography and filled with alcohol filled with drugs and we burned them the same way they did in acts 19 we had acts 19 service and the lord swept over that city in a great revival that was fantastic then the Lord moved me, and that was his purpose for me at that time. Then the Lord moved me to Sarasota and down here in this area, and a great revival occurred here. Also a very similar revival, and out of that came a church that I pastored 10 years, and now I'm moving into a different purpose for my life uh, shortly. Now, what am I saying to you? That may not be what you're called to do. You see, very few people are called into that because there's a price to pay for it. But let me say this. I'm telling you, is that the greatest thing you can do is cry out to God to know your season, to know the purpose for which you're alive right now, to be very clear on it. He'll reveal it to you if you want him to. And then to run with that purpose, the hope of the reason he called you, and walk in it. Walk in it. Right now, there are people out there in Radio Land, you've got decisions to make. You don't know. Say, well, am I supposed to be doing this for a living or that for a living? Do I live here or am I supposed to go there? You don't know. Okay, seek and you'll find. Seek and you'll find. Trust me, when God sees you seeking him, 
with all of your heart, setting time aside and saying, I'm going to wait on the Lord. My friend, he will move heaven and earth to confirm his purpose and his will for you at this season. Trust me, he knows how to speak our situation is we've got to learn how to listen. But if you're persistent, you just say, I hear you tonight, Brother Ali. I want to know that I know that I know that I know what God's purpose is for me at this season of my life. You begin to seek the Lord. You see, don't seek a purpose. Seek the Lord. Cry out to him. God, lead me. Lord, I heard, Brother Holly. Open my ears, O oh God. Fill me. Draw me. Open my eyes, Lord. And he will begin to birth within you. He will bake within you. Oh, God, he's the great cook. He will bake his word into you. Reveal himself to you. Reveal to you what he wants, but you have to wait on him. He will send confirmation to you. Oh, yes, he will. And he'll begin to reveal the personal hope of your calling. Now, 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 let's talk about the second part of the hope of his calling. I want you to understand, and if the brother Shannon will have me back again, yes, I'm looking at the time for here. sure. I've got a few more minutes. Yes, and sir. Is this making sense, brother Shannon? Absolutely. We're live with Pastor Tommy Hollihan. If you're just joining us, you've got another 15 minutes. Keep, take all the time you want. Yeah, I'm laying a foundation, uh, my, my good friend. I'm laying a foundation for what I'm going to speak on. If you'll, if you'll have me back uh, for the next whatever several months, every time you have me, I, because what we're talking about here is is not stopping at one area of Disney World. You see, there is so many vast things that God wants us to see. I, I, I'm likening this, uh, you know, it's a magic kingdom in Disney World. But I'm unfortunately, I meet a lot of Christians that they're, they're locked into one or two things in life that God showed them in his word or this or that. And they're, and they're not seeing everything, the whole panoramic view of what God is wants to make available to them and what's laying ahead in the future in heaven. You know, I was, um, skiing when I was younger upstate New York and there's this place, Brother Shannon, where you you can go out, you're driving up to I forget where it was where I was skiing at the particular time, my uh folks from the church. But they stopped and we looked out and they said they said, Pastor, from this from this place right here, it was a little place you pulled over. You they said, Look out. I looked out and they, they said you can see five states from this location. And I looked out and, oh my Lord, it was a panoramic view of hundreds of miles. And in that view, you could see five states. Some of them, of course, you didn't, couldn't tell one from the other. But as you looked out, this gave you a view of five states at one time. And never forget it. And that was what we call, again, a panoramic view, see. Uh, you now, you know, I remember there being one brother and he just stayed in the car and he didn't want to get out. I thought, okay, you know, I think this is kind of fantastic, but he kind of just rolled his eyes and you know, he said, yeah, you know, I think I just want to get up there and go skiing. And I thought, you know, that's like a lot of Christians. They don't, they don't want the panoramic view. They just want to kind of, you know, get over what they want to see and do what they want to do. And they've got a revelation of them. Maybe they got a revelation of grace or they got a revelation of deliverance. They got a a revelation, but they've got one or two things, but they're not seeing the whole glory 
the whole glory of what God in Christ has provided for us. Now, on that note, I want to say this to you. Yes, I hear you, Jesus. I want to say this, and I need the Lord's help on this to say this to you, listening audience. I want you to understand you've heard this before, but may God give us grace to hear it uh, in a different way. This earth is not your home. This earth is not my home. It is not your home. This is a fallen world, and when this is not, we are pilgrims passing through. We're on our way. See, the whistle's going to blow, the rapture's going to come, and we're getting, we're going to leave. Now, now I don't know when that is, and I think the church's going to go through some things before that happens, but what do I know? But, but here's what I want to say to you. You know, we are not home. And I, if you live in a mansion, you're not home, friend. You, you're, you just got a nice house to live in on a fallen planet. Uh, if, if you live in a tent, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a fallen planet. It doesn't matter where you live. This earth is not our home. No matter how much you try to make it your home, this is not our permanent dwelling place. We're going home. We're going home. He has prepared a place for we're going home. Let me build on this for a second. I fear that the church today, many of God's people, myself included, have been there, done that, bought the cookie. We become so earthbound that we lose our perspective. We lose the hope of his calling that he has called us to, that we are going to, we are going to spend eternity with the king of kings in a land that is fairer than day, that where, where, where there is no need of sun. Woo, I feel you, Jesus, because his, the light that radiates from our Lord Jesus Christ lights up, it lights up the heavens and the heavens of the heavens. We're going to a place where angels by the millions and billions continually worship the King of Kings. You're going to a place where millions and millions of your family, of God's people, from the dawn of creation, you're going to meet them. You're going to meet Abraham. You're going to get to talk with him. He's going to tell you of the story, if you ask him about when he brought his son up to the Moriah's Hill and, and was asked to sacrifice him, and he was obedient, but God stopped him. You're going to meet Jacob, one of your forefathers, who wrestled with an angel who was actually Jesus, and, and, and broke his hip and said, you're no longer Jacob, but you're Israel. <laughs> you're going to meet him. You're going to meet Isaac, and you're going to meet Moses. You'll be able to tell you when I came down from the mountain. Oh, he said, I quaked. With fear, it was it was black and it was dark and it was scary. And I I have the commandment. Say, Moses, what was it like when you came down the first time and you you saw the children of Israel playing and partying and and you got mad and broke the first of the ten commandments? He's I'll tell you, I was. He's going to tell you that story. You're going there. You're going there. You we're, we're going to be there with Moses. You're going to be there with Isaac. You're going to be there with Samson. He's going to tell you what it was like to kill three. 3,000 insane Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey. He's going to tell you that story. You're going to meet your loved ones over there. You're going to have a mansion. Listen to me. Listen to me. Hear me. Lift your eyes up from this earth. This earth is falling. 
This earth is sin-cursed, my friend. He is going to create a new heavens and a new earth. You're going to go up in, in, in the rapture of Jesus Christ. You're going to go up. You're going to a, a meal called the marriage supper of the Lamb, my friend. You're going to return with me and Jesus and the heavenly host at the battle of Armageddon. You're going to rule and reign with Jesus Christ when he sets up the millennial reign here on earth. Now, I could argue the point that some of these things are spiritual, but listen, I, I got all of that. I've been in the word 50 years, but I will tell you this. We know one thing. We're going, we have an eternal destiny. Jesus said, I'm going to prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. He said, so that where I am, you will be also in my father's house. There are many mansions. If it wasn't so, I wouldn't told you so. He said, but I'm going, but I'm going to send you the Holy Ghost. I'm going to send you another comforter. He said, You're, I'm going to come coming to you. Amen. He said, but this, when I come to you this time, it's not going to be in flesh. I'm coming inside of you through my spirit. He said, and, and I'm going to get you ready. I'm going to work with you. And I want you to discover your purpose. It's got to be more important to you than a, 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 a PhD. It's got to be more important to you than your husband, your wife, or your children. I'm the Lord God, and I want you to pant after me, ask me to open your eyes, and I will show you my divine purpose and the hope that I you'll get when you know that you know that you know that you know that you're in the middle of God's purpose, and when you and when you begin to lift your eyes up and know that not only is there an earthly purpose, but that your your purpose is that you're going to rule and reign in the paradise. You're going to rule and reign with Jesus, my friend, forever. Now, now listen to me. I don't have the time right now, but I'm going to build on something. I'm going to show you the different theme parks in the kingdom of God. I'm, I'm going, if the Lord will allow me, show you the revelation truths that you're going to need to know on this earth, that the major themes of, of the word of God or the kingdom of God, the, the things that you need to understand, there are certain aspects of revelation in the word of God that you're going to need to understand if you're going to see the panoramic view of God in Christ. You need to understand by a spirit of revelation who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. And I can't touch that subject right now because while I was alone in that prayer room, in that prayer closet, God began to reveal to me what Paul called the secret that has been hidden since the foundation of the world. And Paul said, I'm privileged, he said, to bring this secret to you, to, to the church in that day, he said, so that you can live in a place of absolute victory, no matter what you're going through. I'm going to share with you some of the, those two things that God showed me while I was alone I call it in the mountain with God the last several weeks. And I'm going to, if the Lord will help me, and he'll enable me by his spirit, it'll be imparted to you. Listen to me, friend. You don't need to understand everything with great understanding. You need to just accept certain things, and then the revelation comes. Hear me out now. The reason this is important, listen to me, the reason 
it is important for you to, to hear what I'm telling you is because you need the facts. That is the facts of what God wants you to know, not, not what the world wants you to know, what people want you to know, what the news is saying. Listen to me. When you understand and you get the facts straight of, of who you are in God, when those facts are made real to you, your faith is then put in those facts and your feelings will follow. I'm going to say that again. Say it right where you are if you'd like. Fact faith, feeling. Most of God's people go by feeling first, fact second, and faith last if they get around to it. And and my friend, listen to me carefully. When you understand the major themes of the New Testament revelation of Christ in you, and you in Christ, and several other of God's major themes, and they are crystal clear to you by the Spirit, you begin to get filled with such a hope, such a joy, such a, you start overcoming things in your life. You, you, you're released by the Spirit. You have a glorious fellowship with the Lord. You begin to sense His presence. You begin to sense a living hope within you. Your relationship to God begins to change. you got some zip in your hip. You get up differently. There's a hunger that you begin to experience. You're hungry for God. It's not that you have to pray. You want to pray. It's not that you have to give. You want to give. It's not that you have to go to church. You can't wait to be around God's people. Your 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 have to turns to a wanna. It's a spiritual operation of God, but it's very important in this day. There is so much deception out there. Hear me. There's so much whacked out stuff being told or being emphasized that people are not seeing the Lord Jesus Christ and the beauty of all that he died, rose, and ascended for that you and I can walk in now and then the rest when he comes. And that's my message for today to you. In the meantime, I want you to go to the Lord. And Matthew 6 says, when you pray, shut the door. Leave your phone outside. Leave your kids outside. Leave your husband or your wife inside. Get alone with the Lord. When I, I had a special prayer room built into my home for decades in New York, in my big house. And uh, sometimes my, my, my son told me, Dad, what if we have an emergency? I said, call 911. You'll survive. <laughs> You'll make it. You'll make it. And what is my point? Shut your door. I'm speaking to somebody out there. Take the time in January 2024 to shut the door and pray to your father in secret. And your father who sees in secret, you wait on him. Watch what I'm about to tell you. He will reward you openly. I took the time to do this for several weeks. When I came back, back down here, the company that I own, I, 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 it's hard for me to explain the, the, I, 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 we were supernaturally blessed. The, 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 the business, I can't even keep up with it. God said, well, God, how, how, how come pastor Hollyhead? Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added on to you. I ministered this to one of my spiritual sons in New York. 
I ministered that he's been getting alone and crying out, God, and he's begun to walk in his purpose. He's begun to see God, and now that he's walking in his purpose, and he, he's not in his purpose, he's in God's purpose. He's right where God wants him, and he's got fresh understanding of Christ. He called me up today, he said, he said Pastor, I love you, my pastor, are you sitting down? I said, well... Sort of. Yeah, what's up? He said, I just have to tell you, you know, God's doing such a new thing in my wife and I and our little kids, and I'm so blessed. He said, it. He said somebody called me today and blessed me with $1 million to pay off the new house I just bought. He said, it just blessed us. I, I said, what, what? He said, they blessed us. Well, let me say, it's, it's, it's almost a million dollars, $990,000. He said, we got blessed. We got blessed with a million dollars. And I was like, glory to God. I started celebrating with him, you see. He said, but even with the million dollars and all the great things that are happening, he said, I'm just so glad that I am flowing in a brand new understanding of my purpose for living. I've got hope now, real hope. That's, and I'm not saying anybody that, that hears me is going to get a million dollars. God knows I don't need a million dollars. You know, you know, I, he did, you know, but God, God's blessings follow the one who follows hard after the Lord. So right now, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time together. Uh, we, we, we're, we're, what we have shared with your people is thus saith the word. Thus saith the word. We didn't make this up. Lord, it's all found in your word. It's all found in your word. And Lord, we know that your written word points us to the living word. You are the living word. And we thank you for that right now. We pray that you would grip the hearts of my hearers, grab hold of them, create a hunger in them, a thirst in them, and let hope. I said, let hope come alive. Let hope come alive in their hearts, a living hope, a living hope. Lord, explode joy and peace and hope into the hearts of everyone that listens as they know that you have a specific purpose for them on this earth and that they're going to secondly live forever in the glories of paradise. Oh, we are so excited. We give you thanks and praise. If you're not saved, listen to right where you are. Right now, if you've never met Jesus Christ as your, and you've never, ever met him, right now where you're standing, sitting, laying down, I don't care. Pray this prayer. You're not talking to man. You're talking to God. Pray this prayer with me. Say it. Jesus, I believe. Say it. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. I'm a sinner. Forgive me, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me, for taking the judgment, say it, taking the judgment I deserved on yourself. Jesus, wash me, cleanse me of all the sins. That's right. All the sins I've ever committed. I turn my back on them. And I look to you now, save my soul, and fill me with the Holy Spirit. Say it, fill me with the Holy Spirit. And from this day on, I'll walk with you by your grace. In Jesus' name I pray, 
Amen and amen. Now, you find a good church, or if you know somebody that goes to a church where they preach the Bible and they rejoice in the Lord, get with them. You get rid of those old friends, those old, uh, the, the, the old, the, you know, the devil's crowd. You start going where God would have you to be. And those of you out there that are hearing me, that are Christians, you wait and you hear, tell you right now, follow after Jesus. You watch the fire come. Amen. That's it, my brother. Praise the Lord. Powerful word. What would you like to title this for the archive today? Seeing God's panoramic view of all that he has for you. Excellent. Or just God's panoramic view of all that he has for you. You, you, you know, you're, you're good at that stuff. Though. Excellent. Excellent. Um, my friend, is there any contact information you'd like to give out? Well, I mean, you know, people can write me, you know, uh, I've had some people, you know, that wanted to bless us because we're getting ready, Brother Shannon, to go back into full-time ministry. It's going to happen over the next several months, and I'm gearing up for that. And there are people that I've allowed to begin to sow, because, you know, it's in sowing that we reap. Isn't that right? Yes, sir. And uh, Paul encouraged people to do that. He said, he said, I've sown to you spiritual things. He said, I can, I can certainly reap if you want the natural things. And what he was doing was asking for them to support his ministry. So as support begins to come in for me through the various ways that I'm reaching the world, I'm going to be able to let go of my business and go full time into what God has for me. The only thing I care about on, as far as that goes is that my, my bills are paid. Amen. My kid, my grandson's taking care of my wife, and we got our bills paid, and I don't have to worry about that. So anybody that wants to uh, be part of what we're doing, you want to help us financially, uh, you can send, you can make out a check to Tommy, H-O-L-O-H-A-N, H-O-L-O-H-A-N, and you can send that to uh, 119, uh, 119, that's 46th Street. And that's in uh, Southeast, 119 Southeast, 46th Street, Cape Coral, Cape Coral, Florida. And that's 33904. So I give that one more time. It's 119 Southeast, 46th Street. And that is, uh, again, in Cape Coral, Florida, 33904. And, uh, yeah, you can bless us, and we love you. We love you. And uh, you just do whatever God tells you to do. I always tell people no amount's too small, no amount's too large, you see. And God is good. And, Brother Shannon, we thank God for you. I love you, Brother. I, tell you. I friend, can't wait you. for the day that I get to meet you and put my arms around you and love on you and your beautiful family. My friend, thank you for coming on today. And you gave me two great guest recommendations. Uh, I will be calling them shortly. I thought I might be on the road the later part of this month, so I cleared my schedule, but I'm going to delay that trip, and uh, I will be contacting both of them to get them scheduled for the show. Thank you for the tip. Oh, church. Listen, listeners, get ready, right, brother? Because these two, this is a former Black Panther. He's written 23 books. He's a friend of the president. He's a very well-known guy, but on Fox, you're going to love it, okay? Looking forward to it. I'll be in contact with you. Get your next date. God bless you, brother. Love you, my brother. We love you, folks. God bless. Great work. Okay, folks. Coming up next, Doug Perry. Here we go. We're dialing. 